This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with purpose and passion. I'm your host and valedictorian, Eric Brotman, and our guest today comes all the way from Edmonton, Alberta. Sean Maslick is the host of the Most Hated F-Word podcast, which focuses on the intersection between our minds, money, and what matters most. He believes to be truly wealthy or truly financially independent, we need to develop a financially free mind. We see money as simply an ingredient to accomplish fulfilling things in our lives, part of the recipe. He's on a mission to educate and empower people to live their happiest and most fulfilled lives so they don't see six or eight or 10 years pass by in a blink. For Sean, financial literacy is not about becoming rich. It's about living our most enriched lives. Sean, I love everything about that. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Don't Retire Graduate. Thank you, Eric. I'm excited to be here. For the, for the record, the most hated F word uh, is still family friendly, correct? Yeah, it's actually farting. That's not family friendly. <laughs> so it's it's <laughs> well, so my it's family, finance. It is. It's quite funny. It's fine. Okay, yeah. so it's so it's it's finance. So the most hated F word is fine. And by the way, we've used um, we've referred to budget as the B word on this show more than once. Mm. Uh, so so I get it. So the most hated F word. So tell us about you. Um, I, I've read your your full bio and your story's awesome. So why don't you bring our, our listeners up to speed? So I'm going to try to keep it concise, but uh, I became a financial planner because I wanted to help people. Um, I thought I was helping people and I was. It's not discrediting any of the work that I was doing. And I was really finding a groove in a certain field that I had in financial planning and it always seemed like though there was something that was missing or I was running from something. And over the last five, six years, I really started to question and lean into this little discomfort I had that was lingering inside of me that I just kept pushing to the side. And as I started to look inside of myself, I started to realize that, holy smokes, money has a completely... Um, different side that I was totally being blinded towards. Like, and I started to see that money can illuminate our fears, money can show our insecurities. But if we're tender enough and courageous enough, because it brings a lot of discomfort, money can actually help us find parts of us, parts of ourselves that we never knew existed. And for me, that was a long journey of a lot of self-reflection, trying to figure out what my money story was. I was completely unconsciously aware that I even had a money story. And we can get into money stories, but we all have them. And for the for many of us, we're totally unconscious that these stories exist based on our upbringing, our cultural impacts, the societal impacts that think and shape how we feel and behave around money. And it really helped me understand the frustration I would get myself when I wouldn't make a lasting financial change, behavior change, or my clients wouldn't. And I started to, I found this character that I call Mr. Shy. He's my inner money critic. I ended up writing him a song, which turned into an entire full-length music album that I wrote about my money story. Um, 
And so what I've been up to lately is integrating the study of happiness and well-being with the psychology of money so that I can live a deeper and more enriched experience and have a healthier and thriving relationship with my money. Now, that's something you've spent much of your adult life figuring out and working on. Um, how easy is it to, to help others uh, translate what, what feels like a foreign language and, a, and an uncomfortable thing and translate that into something that is, um, that is really attainable, that they can wrap their heads around? 48 minutes. 48 minutes. Every episode of your minutes. podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my collaborator and I, he's a musician, and we've been hashing out this new idea of how can we help make this a little, because you're right, this is a lifelong work that I've been doing on self-reflection, trying to understand my relationship with money has been a long journey, but there's really good... Um, exercises that are based out of clinical psychology that the financial psychology world has integrated. And we've put together this program. It's, we, we haven't released it or anything yet, but we've done about six um, trial, I guess I'll call, call it. And mm -hmm. usually about 45 to 46 minutes, 48 minutes, we're having people have huge awarenesses about their money story by taking them through these exercises and asking questions, holding space for the reflection. And then my collaborator will listen and he writes a song on the spot that summarizes everything that they, they talked about. And it has been remarkable to see the, the, the impact that this short amount of time happens. So, I, it's, I, I, and this is a journey, Eric. Like I gotta say, this is, we yeah. never have this mastered, but when we learn to dance with it, then we, we can like, we all have a part of us that limits, limits like, that's talking to ourselves like, oh, you should have more money. You should be doing this with your money. Why did you do this? You silly guy. All this negative talk. And the idea is just to start recognizing that we have these conversations. And I think that's when we get this freedom, but it comes from within as opposed to trying to find the financial freedom in the common sense of having enough investment assets. Don't want to discredit that. That's super important. But I think it's really important to have that free, that financially free mind as well. For the record, between you, me, and whoever's watching this, I would rather talk money than dance. I can't dance even a little bit. So the idea of dancing with my money is very uncomfortable for me. In fact, dancing with anyone, if, if it's not just me and a mirror, no one's seeing that. Uh, but I digress. So uh, in, in, terms of these, in terms of these stories, and, and by the way, setting something to music is something people can wrap their heads around and enjoy and sort of laugh at or have fun mm -hmm. with, which I totally get. And I, I do love that. Um, some of these stories are ingrained from from you know, our very young ages. Our first memories of money are often traumatic. They're watching our parents fight about what they can or can't afford, or who spent too much money at, the, at this store or that, or um, or how we choose which bills we're paying that month. And you know, you become a, a young adult, and all of a sudden you're responsible for things you maybe haven't been in the past. And a lot of people get in credit card debt or they've got these student loan issues and they're just starting from a position of scarcity rather than abundance. At what point are people ready for you? Let's, let's put it that way because um, I'm sure you could meet people where they are, but it requires a certain amount of maturity, a certain amount of um, adulting for lack of a more graceful term to be ready for your messaging, wouldn't you think? I do, 100%. Um self-reflection is not easy 
um, someone who I really look up to, he, he, we had this conversation of like, okay, this is, this is difficult work. Um, is this for everyone? And his response was self-reflection isn't reserved just for the elite or the individuals who have the time to do it. Self-reflection is something that we all um, should be able to do in the sense of it should be accessible to us. Now the readiness, no, it's not always there. It's a continuum. It's some people, you know, it's fearful, but it's often been said, if there's fear, there's probably more of a, not a more, but a good reason to actually start to lean into that. But to answer your question, no, it's, it, it's fearful. This discomfort causes us to question ourselves, question our, our worldview. And, and it doesn't, and I also want to be clear, this, I'm not saying everyone has to do this. Some people might go on and live, live their lives, never, ever examine their money story or look at their relationship with money and can live a very good life. But what we do know is with more self-reflection and when we start to understand the parts of ourselves, especially around money mm -hmm. that have different needs that we've ignored, there seems to be more of a richness that we can experience in life where we start to become more congruent maybe with our values or maybe even when I say congruent, our actions and our values. This is often something as financial planner we see as people value, say, spending time with their, their kids, but they're working 50 hours so that they can save up and retire and be with their kids. But we only have really the moment now. And I'm not saying that you, you don't have to work. We need to work. But it's questioning like, hey, wait, maybe I shouldn't work that much more and should just lay down on the floor and play cards with my kid right now because I have them now. Yeah, no, th and that's 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 wisdom that comes with time. And a lot of times it comes with pain because you, mm -hmm. you miss certain things. And there are a lot of people out there who in an attempt to give their kids a better lives than their own. And I put better in quotes because that could mean a lot of things, but certainly a, a life with more material things, which definitely doesn't equate to a better life in my opinion. But in an attempt to do that, sometimes you rob them of the experiences and the time together that, that matters more than anything in the whole world. And and I will tell you, when I build, and I build a, a personal energy plan every year, I, I build a plan for myself that is more than just um, professional goals. It's family, it's personal, it's spiritual, it's, it's, it's uh, all kinds of different uh, aspects of that. And the very top piece of that, absolutely, is enjoying the time I have with my family and specifically my daughter, who as of this recording is now a, a seventh grader and a teenager, which is horrifying. Um, <laughs> on so many levels, that's a show for a different day, but, um, that's the most important thing. She's the most important thing mm -hmm. in my life. Like I, I not, and, and, and I work and I travel and it's, it's difficult to, to balance both. And in fact, I don't think anyone balances. If, if you hear somebody say they have good work-life balance, they're lying to you. Mm. Um, if you can integrate the two, that's good. If you can find a way to incorporate uh, a trip to, to Universal Studios to ride a roller coaster when you have a business meeting in Florida and you can figure out a way to do that, I think that's better than, than not. So, mm -hmm. uh, so let me ask you this. At, at the risk of becoming ridiculously vulnerable, which I, I, I sometimes am comfortable doing, but I, I don't know you that well, Sean. So um, <laughs> is, is there a, a snippet, a piece of that 48 minutes that you could walk me through literally on the fly? I'm totally unprepared for this, and so are you, so you can say no. But is there some snippet of that that you could put me through in front of all of our, uh, all of our audiences collectively that would give a, a a sense of the work that you do and and who knows maybe i'll get some free therapy out of it do you have a piece of paper i do 
Okay. So grab yeah. a piece of paper. Yep. And draw an oval, like an egg. An egg. Got an it. Egg. Fairly I big. Got an egg. Okay. I got a good size egg. At the bot at the good size. Okay. At the yeah. bottom of the egg. Um, so basically Does the egg need to be horizontal or vertical, or does it not matter? It's your choice. It's my egg. Okay, I got it. Your egg. Uh-huh. Now I want you to think about your earliest money memory, whether it mm -hmm. was painful, pleasurable, or enjoyable, your earliest mm -hmm. money memory from one of your parental figures and draw mm -hmm. a picture of it in the bottom of the egg. I draw almost as well as I dance, but I know what it is and that's what matters. I'm and, good. and if you want to not think about it, use your non-dominant hand. So it just, you don't have to think about the drawing. <laughs> it won't make any difference at all. Okay. It'll still look like a okay. three-year-old with a crayon, but okay. I'm with you. All right. So we've got the bottom part and, yeah. and this exercise is about you. So it's you leaning into this exercise. I'm here. Now above it, draw a picture of your earliest painful, pleasurable, enjoyable memory about money with your other parental figure. Whoever was in the household, hmm. if there was two. That's that's challenging in and of itself. That might take that might take me forty eight minutes. All right. All right, I think I got it. Okay, I got a drawing. Yeah, it's pitiful, now, but it's drawing. That's okay. Yeah. That's it's not. I, no one's going to see it. Now think about your next money experience that you can remember, remember that is after those times that is pleasurable, painful, or enjoyable. And it could be from anyone. Okay. Okay. And now around your pictures, just draw, box them in with this, mm -hmm. like a line. It could be a squiggly line. Okay. Okay. Now, yeah. your next memory. I hope, memory, I hope by the way, everyone is doing this. I hope everyone is doing this while we're doing this. If not, hit rewind and start start doing your own egg because who knows what's going to come out of this. All right, Sean, I'm ready. Yeah, please, everyone do this. Okay, and now another drawing of your yeah. what's coming up based on what you're thinking on your another memory about painful, pleasurable, or enjoyable memories around money as a child again. As a child still. Yep. It could be older child. It could be younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now go to the top of the egg. Yep. And that is Eric today. I want okay. you to draw a memory, a recent memory, recent, mm -hmm. it could be yesterday, this past week, month, a recent mm -hmm. money memory, enjoyable, pleasurable, or painful for Eric today. At the top of the egg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did it? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Oh, okay, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out which direction this is going. I have a memory in my head that is that is painful and a memory in my head that is pleasurable, and I'm leaning toward the pleasurable because I'm an optimist and that feels like it's more fun. So I'm going with that. Okay. And this is relatively recent, so I'm ready. Got it. Now underneath that. Mm -hmm. I would like you to draw that other memory. <laughs> That's rude. 
<laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Now I'd like you to go back down to the bottom egg. Mm -hmm. Look at the first two drawings mm -hmm. and write one word, three words, a sentence on what lesson you learned about money based on those experiences. Okay, got it. Now, there's probably a middle section that is a little mm -hmm. bit older mm -hmm. of an Eric. Yep. Look at those memories and collectively one word, a sentence, or a few words mm -hmm. that the lesson that you learned from that part of you. Got it. Okay, now the top less the top two experiences. What yep. lesson? And I know they're 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 opposites, but what mm -hmm. lesson are you learning from both of those? Okay. Okay. So now, Eric, I do I do thank you for asking this. And of course, we did not uh, pre-decide this. No, no, we didn't. I, I this came I came up with this on the fly at my own peril potentially. But I'm I'm here. I've got yeah. a lot of drawing and a and a very messed up egg now. That's good because our money yeah. stories are are disorganized, confusing, and okay, complex. Now look at this egg, right. and I would yep. like you just to write down two to three feelings or emotions that are coming up. Okay. Okay. And now we're almost done. Yep. I want you to fill in the blanks as you sit and just be a little still with this because there's probably a lot mm -hmm. coming up. Mm -hmm. Fill in the blanks. The moral yep. of my money story is. Okay. Okay. So now this egg really represents our, our money stories and the powerful hold that they have on us. And the reason why it's so profound to me is that it, it seems like no matter how much financial education we can get, if we don't come to terms that we're in this egg that's constricting us and at moments we can get out, but there's parts of us that need us just to recognize them and be like, Hey, okay, I see you. I thought you were trying to harm me, but you were just trying to keep me safe when, when I was a child. Mm -hmm. And really this egg, it's all pieced together, right? Do you have a whole bunch of cracks around it on all the drawings? Just about, yeah. Okay, so the analogy here is we're in this egg and the more we start to bring light to these moments, because they're, they're very emotionally driven, we could start to push this egg open and start to 
free ourselves from some of these longstanding, emotionally driven um, moments in our lives that are unconsciously creating our money stories in relationship with money, mm-hmm. because these are these have been shown through actually academic research that these money scripts impact how we think, feel, and behave about money, and they also show or have high prediction towards our level of debt income levels, type of occupations. So the more light we can bring to these unconscious beliefs, the more control we can start to have on our behaviors. So this is up to you, Eric. Yeah. Do you want to share what your moral of your money story is? Absolutely. Because I think this okay. is very, very cool. And actually, what I what I would love to do is upload this to our show notes, but people will think something is horribly wrong with me when they see it. No, so no, I'm going to keep no, that to myself. But, but, I'm going to keep the drawing to, to myself. All of you should have them. Yes, sir. Keep the drawing to yourself. But we all believe that our drawings are bad collectively, and we all most of us have bad drawings. So it's okay. But anyways, <laughs> I'm not forcing you to put the drawings out. Very good. So the moral of my money story is that my my money story is maturing along with me. Mm. I'm I'm watching an evolution of of more and more mature feelings and experiences around financial affairs completely from from a very young age to sort of high school college to adulthood. And it, it's profound that it it really does feel like it builds on itself, almost like um, almost like the the universe sends you what you can handle at that given moment. This mm-hmm. is abundantly abundantly clear that that's what happened here, which is kind of cool. I, I'm very glad I did this. I hope you all did this. It was really good, Eric. I see you smiling. And I so am smiling. I this, just want to ask you. This, yeah. 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 I just want to ask, what is this? What does this evolution mean to you? You, you kind of, your tone emphasized when you said evolution. Oh, what does it mean to me? Um, I, I, I think number one, it means that although you never truly arrive, I'm certainly on my way to whatever that looks like, and um, and and to having um, to having a relationship with money that is truly uh, an abundant one and a blessed one and one that will allow for a lot of sharing and giving and making a difference on so many levels that um, I, I now feel like some of the the lumps I took back in the day and continue to take, by the way, they're, they're not over, but the, the lumps you take along the way do, in fact, I think, um, improve your outcomes. Strangely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now my check's in the mail. <laughs> this is this is well, a, that, a neat exercise, and I know that's one little piece of a of a larger uh, a larger exercise. But I, I thank you for um, for for bringing that to me, and I, and I thank you for for indulging me in uh, in that experience. And and I, actually, I hope everybody did it. It was it was a mm. it was a very simple five minute exercise that that was enlightening. Very cool. And I am smiling because mm-hmm. that was, it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I had some trepidation. I had some nerves, no question, especially yeah. because I was afraid you were going to ask me to show this or, or tell everybody what those things were. <laughs> and I was as completely transparent as if I was, you know, w- seeing my doctor right now with this. Um, but no, th- this was a, this was a, a great exercise. And so w- when we talk about money story, specifically about 
um, the ways in which our story is always evolving. Because, you know, until we take our last breath and possibly even thereafter, our story of all types has not fully been written yet. Mm. You know, I, I heard uh, I heard once, I, I think it was a I think it was a country song, actually. So that's how profound it is. But I do love music. So I heard once that there are two dates on your tombstone and they don't matter. What matters is the dash in between and what you do with them. And that mm. feels kind of yeah. like uh, kind of like this exercise is what do you do with the time you have with your family, with your business, with your friends, with your colleagues, with your um, with your faith, with whatever it is that that um, that lights your wick, so to speak. I that lyric gave me goosebumps because I feel like that's what this work is all about is, as I said, money has such a powerful I mean, it's it's incredibly powerful. And it can highlight those insecurities and those fears. But I feel like when we lean into the discomfort, like you did here, it could be a portal into the unexamined parts of ourselves that allow us to create the best moments in that dash and not yeah. just always, um, you know, we, we, this societal script is really strong that we need money for, you know, I need to continue to make more money. And that was my script for years and years. Um, I was a shy kid growing up, really, really shy. And at some point I attracted or attached the power money holds and the prestige to giving me a voice. So I chased that at all cost. Mm. And while on the surface I was getting promotions and I was enjoying the what came along with it and not, nothing, not that anything is bad with trying to get promotions and increase your, your wealth and your income. But I was doing it with my head down, totally unconscious that while my kid was playing cars, and that's why I use that example, I was out doing emails trying to get a promotion so that I could spend time with my kid when I'm 65. And so this is just all about bringing awareness to our story. And you know what? We might continue in the same job. We might continue working the same hours. But having that awareness, I think, is key because we're so much, I call it the intoxication effect of money. We're just intoxicated by money where sometimes we blindly just keep marching along. And what this helps us do is reflect and be more consciously aware of our decisions. And you, I you know what one is, last you, thing is, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah? No, I, I, I was just, just saying what is conspicuously absent, what is conspicuously absent in all of your talking points, your bio and everything I just did is the word success or the word accomplishment or, or anything quantifiable that is fully absent in all of this. So I didn't mean to derail you. I just, sometimes I have a thought and it fires. So I apologize. Go ahead, finish mm -hmm. your thought, Sean. You know, uh, I, I wanna answer that, but so all I was gonna say is on this, I keep saying it's like a this journey of life of our exploring money stories like a mountain without a top where we're always aspiring, but we're never arriving. And that just goes to what you were saying is we're always trying to figure this out. I don't think we ever have it figured out. And that's kind of the beauty in it. And, and with the success part. Yeah. Cause I think success is hard to define like universal comment of success. Cause my lived life experiences is going to interpret success completely different than what your lived life experience is going to tell and so forth. So that's why, and it's not that I'm opposed to having that word. It's just success is so universal or, Oh, I so thought it was deliberately. Absent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, but I just want to say, it's like, it's not like I have a judgment against success just for me. Right. Right. It didn't feel right. No, I, I think you've I think you've nailed some of this messaging. 
Uh, I love the idea that, that that life is a is sort of a recipe, and that you've got lots of different facets of it, and you're trying to put it all together. And you know, finance is certainly important, and it's certainly one of them. And you can't bury your head in the sand and ignore it. But to fixate on it will be taking away from things that are dramatically more important in the big in the big scheme mm-hmm. of things. So um, I have to ask you now, and I'm excited for this answer. And I've had some really good answers over the over the course of this season, so no pressure at all. But if you were going to pressure me with the egg, I'm pressuring you now. So what do you want to what do you want to be when you grow up? What's what's that look like? I want to be Sean. For a long time, I was Mr. Shy. Mr. Shy is my inner money critic, and Mr. Okay. Shy had me obsessing over trying to make money to show his worth, to show his power. He had the plastic smile on for years. He was totally occupied with the prestige and the dopamine rushes that continuously had me feeling like I was on a high because I was achieving these. And I lived behind this character of Mr. Shy. And so what I want to be when I grow up is Sean Maslick, who can take off the mask of shame and just be Sean, do creative things that I would never once have dreamed of, like making a music album about my money story. So it sounds simple, but I think it's 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 the most authentic for me is to be Sean. When I'm Sean, I'm a better husband. I'm a better dad. I'm a better communicator. I'm just a better person. So mm-hmm. I want to be Sean. Mr. I Shy comes in that, all the time and him and I are a, getting a good a, relationship. That's a great answer and a unique one. No one else has wanted to be Sean. So you have that better, to yourself. What better thing to have in my dash? <laughs> my, my dash is that I yeah. was myself. Your authentic self. I, I I think it's great. Great answer. Um, and somehow, last, Eric, I just got to say, somehow I yeah, used yeah. money to get there. Somehow I well, used the discomfort around money as a portal to be like, hey, there you are, Sean. So, anyways, well, uh, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you you found yourself, and I like your answer. Um, tell me and tell our audience what the one extra credit assignment would be, and if I, I I'm going to steal the one that's on the top of my head, which is if you haven't done the egg exercise, do the egg exercise. But beyond that, what's the one extra credit assignment or takeaway that folks can 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 walk away from this half an hour or so uh, and go do or or experience? I don't want to discredit the the security, the ease that money brings to us. So I, I don't want to say that money's not important. Money's incredibly important. But the extra credit assignment for me would be try the money egg exercise. But beyond that, the sentiment under that is just be yourself. I think there's a profound ability for all of us to find this freedom from within. The more we can sit and surrender to our thoughts and feelings and the discomfort that may become from it. But all we have is ourselves. And you look at thousands of years of ancient East part of the world traditions of sitting, getting to know ourselves. I think in this day and age, we can become very distracted and live this unconsciously tethered money life to like finding out the best investments, the best strategies where we forget to just be ourselves. So my extra credit is just to be yourself, lean into that, find out who you are and what, what me and my music collaborator call it is find the treasures no vault can hold inside yourself. Oh, I like that. There's, there's the, the quote of the episode right there. 
I like that. And, and I appreciate you sharing that. How can folks check out the most hated F word? How can they learn more about you? Um, what is the best way for folks to check out Sean being Sean? I like that. That felt good. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, I appreciate that. You were really listening to say that statement. So thank you. Um, the most hated F word.com is a website. It hosts my podcast. Um, yeah, there it is. I got to update the logo, but you can go in here, find <laughs> my podcast right now. Basically, this is a spot to house the podcast. I release an episode every week where we talk about um, our minds or money and what matters most. It's an enjoyable space. I have fascinating guests from academia, authors, everyone who kind of rides the same sentiment that I was talking here. We're going to be well, having uh, a little program coming up where we're going to help people create their own money stories. So that'll be on the website in next month or so. Oh, I love that. I love that. And if mm-hmm. uh, if you ever decide to take me through the full 48 minutes and you want to do it on air, I, I, I might be open to that. Uh, I might be open to that. You got to think about it real uh, hard, I'll, though. But, but we'll, then I have we'll to bring see. Up, my musician. And, and, That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I, look, I can even go a cappella if necessary. And so, so it's not okay. no big deal. So, um, Sean, thanks for being on the show. By the way, just because I know your audience uh, may be geographically located a little bit differently than ours, although podcasts are everywhere, um, mm-hmm. for the record, and I'm saying this right now to upset as many people as I can, Connor McDavid is the most talented athlete of all time in any sport. So I said it and I stand by it. No question. No asked. denial. No, no that, that, that is just for anyone who doesn't know who Connor McDavid is, Google him. He's the finest. I, Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky and all the great athletes in every position. Connor McDavid as an athlete is the most amazing. All right. So, Sean, thank you for being on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd like to thank all of you for watching and listening today. We'd love to hear from you. So please send us a message or leave comments at don'tretiregraduate.com or on social media. If you enjoy the show, please don't keep it a secret. Share it with friends and family so they can join you on your journey to financial freedom. And please leave us ratings and reviews on your favorite platforms. They mean everything to us. We'll be back next week with another installment of Office Hours and in two weeks with another engaging guest. For now, this is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. Don't Retire, Graduate is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you wanna learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life. We've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.